Hello and welcome to the Truth About Local Government podcast, a podcast aimed at providing a platform to promote the excellent work that the political members and officers of local authorities are doing to overcome the increasing challenges facing the communities across the UK. Additionally, we will be promoting the wider way of career opportunities that exist within local government. We hope this podcast will help drive engagement between the public and local authorities across the UK. Welcome back. And today, really excited, we're going to be talking about all things pension orientated. Now, I've got the director, George Graham, uh, of South Yorkshire Pensions Authority. Uh, George joined the organisation in February 2018 and as head of paid service is responsible for the management of all aspects of the authority's activities, which concerned with the management of a 10.5 billion, that's right, billion pound pension fund with over 170,000 members. Previously, he was managing director of local pensions partnerships, pension administration business, having led the Lancashire County Pension Fund prior to the transfer of its staff to LPP as part of the creation of a joint venture with the London Pension Fund Authority. He's a fellow of SIPFA's George's previous career in local government finance, involved roles as Deputy County Treasurer at Lancashire County Council, Executive Director of Resources at Rosendale Borough Council and Director of Finance at Chorley Borough Council, preceded by roles at Northamptonshire County Council and Oxfordshire County Council, where he did his SIPFA training. George also represents practitioners on the Local Government Pension Schemes Advisory Board for England and Wales and is a member of the board's Responsible Investment Advisory Group. Essentially, listeners, George is an expert um, and uh, we are very lucky to have him today speaking to us about some interesting topics. So, George, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? Fine, thank you. So I want to start off. We've talked a lot about our fair about this, but... It, you weren't intending to be an accountant. You were an, you call yourself an accidental accountant and pension fund manager. Can you give us a bit of background to that, please? Yeah, so um, back in the mid-80s when I was coming up to my final year at university, like I suppose many people who, who were studying as I was history, uh, in my case, history and economics, um, I had no idea what I was going to do. I knew I didn't actually want to be the sort of accountant who works in private practice and spends all their time auditing companies and counting widgets and things like that. Um, and I wanted to do something that had some sort of purpose to it, I suppose. Um, and my dad sent me an advert from the Times. This is how far back it is. Jobs were advertised in newspapers, you know. Uh, so my dad sent me an advert from from the Times for Ox, from Oxfordshire County Council who were looking for sit for trainees. Um, I thought that sounds interesting. It's not it's not counting widgets. Um, so I applied, I got it, and the the rest is history. And having spent um, most of most of my career doing financial management and financial planning. Um, when I got to Lancashire, I ended up with, purely by accident, with the pension fund as part of my portfolio. Um, and that was fascinating and the opportunities were there and I sort of gravitated to spending more and more of my time running the pension fund. And um, here I am now. I there was no plan that. behind it, but I, I, I think it 
if you tried to make a plan, you 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 would never you would have never have got to where I've got to. Well, this is it. And I, what I loved about that was the fact that you you started by saying I want to do something with a purpose. And in that that was, you know, local authorities have, have provided you an outlet where you can have a purpose um, and you can really help because it must be quite stressful doing the job that you do in terms of the responsibility that goes with that, you know, 10.5 billion pound pension fund has has the role. Do you think it's got more stressful in the modern day in terms of getting the returns on the, on the pensions? Um, no, stress, stressful is the, the, the right word. Certainly. Um, there is more more anxiety around things um, and some of that comes down to the fact that we now have this 24-hour news cycle so everybody is watching world events and world events and the financial markets are more connected to each other um, so you know Covid happened and all of a sudden the markets tumbled um, and then three or four months later they bounce, they bounce back up again um, so actually my, my job is to some extent not to worry about those five minute events but to worry about the long the long-term trends um, and uh, it can be quite difficult to draw out the long-term trends away from that all that five-minute noise and there is a lot of noise isn't there um <laughs> there's an awful lot of noise particularly at the moment and in terms of one of the things we were going to talk about today is how local government pensions uh, schemes funds are connected to place and how that relates to investment can you give us a bit of background on this please george yeah so you know i mean my organisation is unusual. We are not, we're a, a local government pension fund that's not attached to a council. Um, but most LGPS funds are are part of a council. You know, councils are inextricably linked to place. You know, the Lions report talked about local authorities as the stewards of place. And that's that's a really important aspect of what local government and local authorities are they they are the thing that in a way provides an identity to a place um you know i'm i'm, I'm sitting in barnsley barns barnsley is a place with a very strong identity of its own very strong communities and the council in Barnsley reflects reflects all of that and and to some degree magnifies uh, that that identity and that's part of its job. Um, so you know pension funds that are connected councils and indeed in our case we are connected to to, to four councils in, the, in in South Yorkshire cannot but to some degree reflect um their place so south yorkshire was one of the first local government pension funds to really take forward the responsible investment agenda in terms of looking for companies to be um 
properly governed, to not be making it excessive executive pay, to be treating the workforce fairly, not to be destroying the environment through their operations, all, all of those those sorts of things. And how challenging was that in terms of, you know, making that transition, being a trailblazer and trying to really bring a morality to a uh, pension fund? How how difficult is that to get the returns? Yeah. We start talking about morality, we get into... into, into okay, sorry, not morality, in, sorry. sorry into, into difficult ground. It, from an investment point of view, you view all these things as risks. So if you don't address the risk of climate, the risk that comes from climate change, the value of your business will decline. So that, that's that's why it's an investment issue. Um, you, you know, the, the the authority start started this trail, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties. It was it was quite difficult, and it was it wasn't a lone voice crying in the wilderness, but it was not far off. And those but those things are do reflect us as a place. South Yorkshire was the heart of the miners' strike, you know, 40 years ago this year. And what our politicians who reflect all that, I've got, I've got three ex-miners on the, on the Pensions Authority at the moment, all of whom went through that. Their attitudes to these things are coloured by that experience and the experience of this place. So um, it is unlikely that we would support a company whose climate transition plan um, simply involved closing down lots of oil refineries, for example, um, without actually thinking about what happened to those places where those refineries were closed afterwards. It's really yeah. interesting. I've, I mean, we've, we've spoken a lot. I speak to lots of chief executives around, and I really do like the phrase "custodians of place." But I never really thought about the fact that yes, you have an identity as a region, as in the council. But I never thought necessarily about how that translates into the pension scheme that's attached to that authority or to those authorities when you have a a region that you look after. Because you're right, that lived experience really does shape you. Yeah, that 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 that's it. Now, it's not going to. It has an impact at the margins and in the in the culture of the fund. You know, no pension fund is not going to in, invest in you know a large proportion of its money in traditional um, stocks and shares. That's that, that's where we will make the, the the most money. But it's it's the the overlay you put on that. Um, in terms of the way you vote your shares, the the approach you take to engaging with companies to try and influence their behaviour, that's where this all this sort of thing plays out, and it's a very important part of what we do. And it's it's important to our scheme members because our scheme members share that lived experience with 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 the councillors, um, you know, and. To some extent, they, they 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 probably have more of that living lived experience than many of the councillors. George, you know, you've so. been tremendously successful in your career. I mean, you know, you're very modest, but you've you've you know you've been at the the pinnacle of kind of uh, pension fund management within local authorities and within kind of leading finance functions for a, a number of years. 
you talked at the start of this podcast about purpose. And one of the things I'm really passionate about is about advocating that local authorities offer a really stimulating, rewarding career. What would you, what advice would you give to somebody who maybe is doing a accountancy degree or, or whatever degree, but potentially hadn't considered local authorities as a place to come and work? You know, what have you enjoyed your work that you do, and, and what advice would you give someone starting out? Oh yeah, I've I've, I've had a, an incredibly re- rewarding career. Um, I've been involved in things through through my career that I could not have conceived I would have been involved in um, when I when I started out. Um, and some of the most satisfying um, and sort of rewarding in a way elements are things that probably aren't the aren't the big thing so you know i was i was involved in making a bid to buy part of the government's share of eurostar yeah great it's a big it's 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 a nice thing for the cv in a way but actually what was more what i found more satisfying at the time was finding a way of financing a residential unit for young people with autism in Northamptonshire, which allowed a group of young people to live nearer their homes so they could maintain contact with their families. So we brought a group of young people back from outer county placements into this unit that we'd found that I managed to find a way of A, funding the revenue costs of, but B, um, delivering the capital improvements to, to make the unit usable for that group of young people now that that really is satisfying there's a real sincerity and authenticity to the way in which you talk about this purpose and the way in which you take pride in what you do and i think that's one of the most for me one of the the best qualities we see in our leaders you've obviously been very successful as well so if somebody is starting out in local authority george you know you're someone that's gone through the ranks and has been very successful how do you succeed in local government you local local government I've, I've been very lucky. I've worked for some fantastic leaders and some fantastic bosses. They've given me the opportunity to do stuff. Um, so, you know, stick your hand up. You know, say, yeah, I, I, I want to be part of that. I want to, I want to get involved in, in that. Um, People, you know, the good bosses, and there are you know, far, far, far more good bosses in local government than the other sort um, will will let you do that because actually, we yeah you know, we we have a ch- we have a challenge as you as you you know in local government there's a there's an age imbalance in our in our workforce. We need to be bringing young people through. We need young people to be, you know, the the next me or the next um, chief executive Barnsley or or whatever it is. And, and we we need to be helping those people develop. So, you know, if you want to lead a project on, you know, in investing in housing in South Yorkshire, if you work for you work for us or you want to lead a project on um, bringing young, young people with autism back to live live locally stick your hand up for it you know say I, I've got the ideas that can that can actually make this happen 
local authorities are much better at innovating and taking on new ideas than the external world thinks they are. They're also far less bureaucratic than people think they are. I spend a lot of time dealing with um, large private sector um, asset managers and they they have layers and layers of committees that they need to take decisions through in order to get them to, to get them done. Now, as they are looking after my money, I think I I suppose that is appropriate and I'd like them to ensure they've taken all the decisions properly and weighed all the risks. But that's a far more bureaucratic process than the processes we have or the processes that any local authority would would have to make its its key decisions. Yeah, so I, I think it's not the the stuffy bureaucratic environment that people people think it is. No, absolutely, <laughs> and I think that that's the thing, isn't it? It's about perception. People sit at home and think local authorities they take my bins out. There's so much more variety of work there, and equally the way in which it's done is is so dynamic. My last question for you, George, um, and it is a bit of a difficult one to finish on, but I'd like to talk about high performance. And um, what do you think a high performing local government pension fund does? I I think I think there are certain things that we take for granted, but are actually far harder to achieve than um, than we think. So doing the basics of paying pensions right and on time is far more difficult than um, might appear to the outside world. The local government pension scheme is intensely complicated. It's actually um, depending on your length of service, you might be a member of three different schemes within the local government pension scheme. So someone of my age has potentially benefits under the pre-2008 scheme, the 2008 to 2014 scheme and the 2014 scheme, all of which are calculated in different ways. So you layer all those on and there's protections for people at different stages of life and, and, and so on. So you layer all those things on, incredibly complicated, not as complex as something like the police or fire scheme, but very, very complicated. So it's not actually easy to calculate someone's benefit. Um, so actually doing that and doing that well, doing it in a timely way, I think is is my my sort of number one bit because that's the bit that makes a difference for scheme members. Absolutely love uh, that. I do, and, that. That's so important. Yeah, and then you know clearly we need to deliver investment performance and 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 all all of that all of that good stuff. Um, and that that's harder in the current environment than it has been. Um, although, um, yeah, mar market movements have 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 helped so while our our asset values have stayed you know static or growing growing gently um the value of liabilities has has reduced significantly due to the movement in interest rates well that's sort of an artificial situation at some you, at some point it will um the the gap will come will come closer but um you know my my, my job 
as far as the local authorities are concerned, is to deliver stable and affordable contributions. We've got to George, the stage now where we can deliver stability. That's great. And this is it. It's delivering, like you said there, I mean, you know, it's doing the basics well and it's delivering for your community. But George, thank you so much for your time. Generally, this has been really insightful. And um, I think for everyone listening, a really valuable piece of content to add to the archive for our local government resource. Um, thank you so much. Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you, Matt. Now, you've been listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. If there are two things you take away from today, the first thing I want you to think about is put your hand up if you're working for a local authority. If you're thinking about a career in local government, think about the variety, the purpose, and clearly the rewarding sense of achievement that you can get across that varied workload. And finally, just remember, although something like a pension may seem fairly simple, there is a huge amount of technical work going on in the backgrounds by leaders like George and his team. So, you know, I would always just try and appreciate that because, it, it, you know, it is really difficult to deliver that consistently as George and others do. Thank you for listening. Give it a like, give it a share, and we will bring you further episodes later in the week. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Local Government podcast. Now, 87% of listeners who enjoyed the podcast do not leave a review, follow the podcast, or share it. Please, if you liked it, review it, share it, and let's keep spreading the positive message about local government.